Hi, this is Mike Metcalf. The system I want to talk about is that of innovation as a, an act of recombination. So the input to the system are previously invented items, ideas, policies, concepts. They get remixed in some way and the output is a new innovation. A well-known example that's used is the iPhone where you could say they gathered new technologies on uh, touchscreens, on the internet, on relationships with telcos. I think originally they wanted to put the iPod music hardware inside a telephone and these are all mixed into the iPhone as we know it today. So this system is in contrast to one that says innovation comes from very clever people having clever ideas or it comes from having a, some government built system like the university system where they pump money into things and give people the time and resources to invent things. It's uh, an understanding of innovation or of ideas as being the, the remixing or recombining of previously invented things. Given that you could have an endless number of recombinations, you could re randomly recombine anything, we are talking about recombinations that are found useful, that are tested in the marketplace and make things better as far as the consumer is concerned. As an ecology, we're talking about inventors who go round research and development laboratories or they take apart piece of equipment to ask themselves how they could use that for their idea. You have to be in the, the right sort of position, don't you, and situation to be able to access other ideas. I'm sure sometimes it's fairly straightforward. You could look at a bicycle and then look at, I don't know, something else, a lawnmower, and think, that, oh, there's something on a lawnmower that would be very useful on a bicycle. But you then have to get somebody to make it up for you. But if, in a lot of cases, you really have to be able to go around you know, laboratories, talk to experts to designers and innovators about what's on their mind and how that might be recombined. So what is the consequences of this system existing? What use is it? This conceptualization of innovation makes it easier to understand how creativity and innovation work. It's more pragmatic, it's more practical. So you have a problem Rather than think, well, I have to go away and uh, stargaze and come up with a clever idea, you would go looking for something that sort of solves a similar problem. Or maybe it doesn't solve a similar problem, but you can see how it could be adapted to something that you're worried about, you're concerned about. Polya, who wrote a famous book on how to solve problems, how to solve math problems, argued even in this situation... It's very useful to go around and see how other complicated problems have been solved and see if any of those provide you with any insights into how you might solve your problem. So this conceptualization of innovation is useful 
for innovating. It provides a way that seems to work. Indeed, there were some who claim that all innovations occur like this, if people were perfectly honest. So it's just a better way of understanding innovation. It also can be used to argue against that there just happens to be some very gifted people in the world who come up with innovations, and most people don't. I accept that most people don't bother to, and that some people are most likely quite good at thinking about how things might be adapted to, or remixed, or recombined to come up with a new product. There's a certain skill to being able to recombine things, but it's not the same as a sort of creativity genius that often gets mentioned. So the empirical test here, the what a scientist would want to do, is say, so can I find an invention? It could be, of course, be a policy or an idea and be unable to figure out its ancestry, you know, where it came from, what was recombined to get there. I think this can be quite a hard thing to do if people are honest. But the falsification test would be, show me an invention that doesn't have a technological pathway to its creation. It has, uh, it's not made up of parts that were invented previously and then recombined. Whilst being scientific, I like the example of uh, how Newton came up with E equals MC squared, his invention or discovery. And if you look at explanations of how E equals MC squared was developed, you'll find that he took Maxwell's laws of electromagnetism and mixed them with the kinetic laws. Um, and came up with his E equals MC squared. It's a, it's a remix of, of other formulas. Recombination, of course, is a evolutionary concept. You're saying that somebody has a little idea and somebody adds to it and someone adopts it and someone adapts it into some other situation. Somebody can invent something for one purpose and it gets used for another purpose. I think this happens in nature. The recombination means things are getting more, possibly means things are getting more and more complicated. It's in the realm of products and, and ideas developing over time uh, with things being added or taken off and changed to them. Uh, so it's, it very much fits in with the evolution concept. Remember, though, with evolution, that one of the important questions is, what are the selectors for success? So you could recombine anything. You could recombine your mobile phone with your running shoes and come up with some clever gadget. The selector is the marketplace. You take it to the market, and there's any need for it. People want it, find it useful, they will adapt it. It'll be commercially successful. So the selector is the users, the end users. Of course, you might well not realise that it's been taken up by end users because they combine it into something else uh, and you don't get to sell or make any money out of it. But the tester is other people wanting it rather than you having thought of two weird things that could have been combined. You can most likely see a connection between 
recombination and metaphor or analogy if we say this is like that or this bit is similar to this and this bit is similar to that in the way that metaphor is used to create new language concepts and ideas then we're talking about ideas and, and experiences being re recombined into innovation. If we take ideas from somewhere else, we're sort of imitating them, we're copying them. We might be remixing them, but at some point we are taking something from somebody else. Now, we normally think of copying and imitation as a bad thing, but if you imitate something and improve it, I think Rolls-Royce took the internal combustion engine and sort of said we can do it better and they did a better version of it they could recombine some of their engineering skills and knowledge about metals and joints and bearings and recombined it with the idea of an internal combustion engine i'm trying to make the point that that when you take an idea from somewhere you are imitating it you're copying it so we are remixing imitations we are remixing a copies of things. Is there any paradox in this? I think there's a paradox because recombining and imitating doesn't sound creative, but if you do them in a creative way, an unusual combination that people find useful, it is creative. So there's a sort of underlying contradiction here because we because we get used to the idea that imitation and copying are not creative acts. In fact, people are often insulted if you say, we imitated things, but if you've very cleverly imitated two things and mixed them together into a new thing, you'd be praised for being innovative. It does, of course, open up the question that the original people might say you have stolen their intellectual property or you know, broken some patent or something, I think this is a real problem in the telecommunications industry uh, because people file all sorts of things and then basically accuse people of taking their idea when it was patented, although it wasn't in use or anything. So there's a bit of an internal tension here that you might be accused of taking bits of copyright. There's a very good little YouTube video by Kirby Ferguson who argues that nearly all music and most movies are recombinations. If you go through them carefully and know your history, you can see where the ideas have come from. He goes through some very good examples in the IT industry, particularly concerning Apple. Like all like all companies, I, just, I think he's just uh, picking on Apple to some extent, but to show that their innovation came from Clever Remix, but the video ends with a lot of concerns about how copyright law is damaging the freedom to remix things. So, using the concept of questions to think about this system, the question might well be what needs to be done and why with this system. I would have thought that it needs to be taught much more broadly. Uh, Whenever people talk about where innovation comes from or how to be innovative, what we need to do is explain to them the recombination. The obvious way of doing this, I think, is, is getting any product or idea out 
and, and pointing out that it does have a technology pathway to it. it it's been made up of parts and things that have come from somewhere else. And I think it's just a, a useful perspective, way of seeing that should be taught to people who are in the in the innovation business or in the development or improvement business. Of course, some innovations are a very big step where you recombine things in a quite radical way and people see them quite radically. You can have a, a sort of continuous improvement version of recombination where you simply improve it a little bit by recombining ideas from somewhere else, even if it's feedback that certain bits of the machinery are difficult to operate or something. So you and, and say, well, how could we improve it? And we recombine that idea into the product we already have. But it, it might be a very small innovation. It might be useful as part of that educational process of getting people to see products as evolved as as recombinations over time is to have more timelines of, of a product try and take trace a product back in time to where it came from people who write dictionaries like to do this they like to look for the first use of a word trace it back over time where it's being used and how it's changed and how combinations have come up i think if you do the same with any product you do it with a fridge or a, a motor car or whatever, you could draw a timeline of, of some of the ideas behind it. I wanted to use the concept of anti-fragile here to think about the system. Remember, remembering that anti-fragile meaning really our system should be able to exploit disasters rather than be destroyed by disasters or just simply being able to tolerate disasters or mistakes you often hear in innovation people saying fail often and quickly and I think recombination reinforces that attitude you say recombine something see if it's thought to be useful if it's not recombine something else bring in some other ideas and you've got to see it as a continually adapting and changing view of innovation it's not that I've invented this but I, I brought together all these things and I could continually bring in other things if it seemed to be necessary so if if the first one breaks or doesn't sell can I recombine something into something that does sell or you know or do I throw it away and start again but I, I think it is an anti-fragile system because it's encouraging you to think constantly of adaptation and change and recombination and remixing adding things, taking things off, and, and even possibly that the point about learning from disasters. If, if it breaks and doesn't work, then you look at it carefully and think, well, how can I fix the bit that went wrong? What could I recombine in to overcome that problem? I think it's possible to align the view of innovation as recombination with the idea that a system should be designed to be anti-fragile able to exploit mishaps. Okay, so that's about it, really, that for my systems description. I've been arguing that we should think of innovation in terms of recombination or remix and not say that's copying and therefore it's not creative. And I think that's because 
if you look at every product in the world, every idea, it is possible to have or to spot a technological pathway or to see where it has evolved from. Of course, the idea is biomimicry that you know, this is what happens in nature. I, you know, all species are modifying and readjusting and recombining what their ancestors or prior versions of their species had. I mean, we have eyes, hearts and livers that have come from previous species that have been recombined into something that we call humans. I think all species, all animals, all, all the evolution of life has used this recombination. But in their case, it was selected for by the environment. Uh, we're saying it's selected for by the marketplace, which aligns very much, I think, with Schumpeter's idea of products evolving in complexity. So you might ask yourself, for your organisation or the organisation that you're interested in, how is it a recombination? How was it put together from different ideas? If you struggle to do that for your organization as a whole, you might do it for their products and services. Even if you look back historically and say what was recombined to end up with your products and services or your organization, where did it come from? Thank you very much.